0: Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzo. Welcome to another edition of Spill the Tea. This is not your normal voice of Sal Nuzo, our Vice President for Policy here at JMI. Uh, Serving as the moderator lead today, it's Bob McClure, president and CEO of JMI, and it's our privilege to have uh, Logan Padgett with us. Sal is out of town; not sure where he is, somewhere out west, I think. Logan,
1: Park City, Utah, Park City, just Utah, just living his best life in right. the nice fall weather up yeah. there.
0: As we tape this here in North Florida, it's about fifty degrees and windy, which is, you know. Uh, considered, you know, crazy cold weather. Yeah, it's freezing outside. Yeah, it I had to
1: turn my heat on last night. Yeah, and that, it
0: is. It yeah. is. So, I, you know, Sal's out there probably snow skiing and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, snowboarding and those kinds Doing of things. Doing no work. Right, yeah. exactly. It's vacation. So, so I want to welcome Log- Logan Padgett. Many of you have heard Logan on here before. She is our Director of Communications and Public Affairs here at JMI, and it uh, it is our discussion today to discuss the uh, the podcast, Spill the Tea. So glad you all are on board and listening. A uh, lot going on in the last couple of weeks as we tape this, Logan. Uh, Marco Rubio and Val Demings had their debate last night. JMI, along with a number of other sponsors, was a sponsor of the debate. ProCon, uh, positive, negative on the debate, but we, we were uh, privileged to be one of the primary sponsors. It was at Palm Beach State College, uh, ran all across the entire state of Florida on the major networks. Uh, Thoughts on uh, Val Demings and Marco Rubio's debate last night? Yeah,
1: I didn't watch the whole thing. 7 p.m. in my house is a little crazy trying to put kids to sleep. You have two young boys, right? right? So I did see clips of it, um, and I thought in the clips that I saw, they both were pretty aggressive, but Mm -hmm. I saw Demings being a little bit more aggressive, just knowing that she's kind of down. Um, But, I, I mean, I don't know the viewership. I think at this point people, they know who they're voting for. Um, and that could be why I I didn't sit down and and watch the entire thing, but it is interesting. This is, this election is going to be closer in my opinion, this race than the gubernatorial, Mm um, one, but, uh, yeah, it, it seemed like it was, uh, an interesting debate. I thought that the questions were really good. The topics that they discussed were, were good. Um, what do you think?
0: I thought I thought the same thing. I thought, it, you know, they were both aggressive. I think um, Val Demings is behind, depending on which poll that you believe, three mm-hmm. to five points. Um, so she was the aggressor, which makes perfect sense. I think in a different um, political season, this is a terrible political season to be a Democrat, but as a former chief of police in Orlando, as a congresswoman, from that area now, I think in a different political season, she would be an excellent, very, very strong candidate. I just don't see how Marco loses it. And and I don't think last night changed anybody's view.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was a very well-produced debate. I yep, mean, a lot of work went into it with all of the different partners that we partnered with to have it produced in E Media. Um, it, I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, I did too. I did yeah. too. in the In the governor's debate was postponed because of hurricane Ian mm-hmm. and will be later on this month
1: at yeah. the end of the month.
0: Yeah. So that, that, that one will be, I think, more watched obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll try to see some fireworks from uh, former governor, Crist.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think it was interesting that the issues that I saw, again, I just saw some, some clips, but the issues that I saw that they talked about during the debate are actually issues that people care about and are at the forefront of their minds and, um, I don't think we see that with the Biden administration Um, moving into the midterms. I think we continue to see Biden talking about issues that are not necessarily number one uh, for voters. And so we're uh, less than a month from Election Day. And we've got uh, a new poll says 37 percent of voters say inflation and price increases are the biggest issues facing the country today. Right behind that is the economy and jobs. Twenty nine percent of voters think it's the number one problem. But then you've got Biden not wanting to address that issue. Right. And of course, he doesn't want to address it because inflation is the highest that it's been in 40 years. I know we talked on a previous podcast about the 60 Minutes interview. Right. He he got asked straight up about inflation being at 8.2%. And his response was, well, it's only gone up a little bit. Smidge. It's not. Yeah, it's not like it's been... It's not like it's gone up a huge amount, right. but it's the highest it's been in 40 years, even under the Obama administration. When yeah. he left office, it was like 2.5%, if he, that. Yeah,
0: he actually used the term smidge. It's only gone up a smidge yeah. in July, which is insulting. It
1: is so to, insulting. To
0: um, the voters and to the American people. If you take those two numbers, though, if you take 36% are worried about inflation, 29% jobs in the economy. I mean, that's 65% of the American people. Are focused basically on what is could be conceived as one issue, right? The economy, inflation, jobs, the future of their own job, kitchen Correct. table issues, and the the Democratic Party is trying to work at the margins mm-hmm. on abortion and climate change and and uh, those kinds of things, and and crying obviously, you know, racism and 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 that kind of stuff. Really, when the American people are saying, well, wait a second, I, I have to worry about things that affect myself and my family, and that's 65% of the voters. I think the numbers for, you know, so, so I think to your point, um, the president and his surrogates, you know, they have the press conference every day. They, they're not answering those questions because they can't answer those questions. They have to deflect. And I really think this is building into a very, very significant red wave in November because not because the voter loves the voters love Republicans. Republicans, you know, are not very good at handling their own brand and it's damaged in many ways that would take up an entire other podcast. But um, they're looking for an alternative. You know, yeah. they, they need a They need a, a life preserver and the Democrats are throwing them an anchor. And so they're saying, I'm, I'm reaching for the, for the Republicans. And yeah. so, you know. Well,
1: and they won't answer that question. I know yesterday at one of those press conferences, there was the question that was asked, look, the majority of people think that the number one issue is inflation, jobs, the economy. Is that the number one issue for President Biden? And th- they couldn't answer that. Right. And so you still have President Biden that's giving speeches saying that, um, women got a fundamental right taken away from them, including his own wife, which is well beyond her childbearing years. Right. So I'm try- right. still trying to understand uh, that comment. But and then the right st-
0: wasn't taken away. It was just pushed back to f- the for state. each state to That's decide. Right. The right was not taken away. That's
1: right. Even in the state that they live in, right. um, There, there's probably the least amount of restrictions on abortion than many other states right. surrounding. Uh, and so... Uh, He's basically saying that his first course of action with the new Congress is going to be a bill to codify Roe v. Wade. That is his first. And so he's making that his number one priority when the American people are saying that's not our number one priority.
0: Well, it's not going to matter because he's not going to win the House and probably not going to win the Senate. So that'll Mm. that'll be done with that. So we're... Twenty plus days away from uh, the election. It's going to be a very very exciting night. So we'll we'll see what happens with that.
1: Yeah. So there's. There's other elections going on there too in yeah. international news. Um, China President Xi, Xi Jinping. Yeah, Xi Jinping. Um, I always mess that up. He is likely to assume his third term uh, back in 2018. Uh, he scrapped term limits, so this will really be the first time that this has happened. Which means that he is going to be the most powerful Chinese leader since Mao Zedong. And we all know how that worked out. Um, And so he made a speech the other day discussing uh, his zero COVID policy. He touted the country's uh, socialist economic system and reiterated his opposition to Taiwan's independence. And so this has got a lot of people fearful Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at what's going on in Russia and, and his relationship with Putin, it's it's a little
0: scary. It is. You know, America, for years and years, uh, going back, um, I think, almost to Nixon, has had—they've they've tried to thread the needle on Taiwan and China. Uh, and it's been—they believe in a one-China policy, but they're also supportive of Taiwan. They have laid out uh, a, a series of—, of, of um, uh, beliefs that that support Taiwan, so they're really trying to thread the needle there. But Xi Jinping has seen what has happened in um, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Set aside for a moment that Russia is now losing the war in many ways, but you know Russia's aggression. Xi Jinping is going to is looking at Taiwan, and then you throw in the fact that the Biden administration is continues to confuse. They say that if Taiwan is attacked. Joe Biden said that America will defend. Well, think about that to the nth degree in terms of blood and treasure and and men and women. Uh, they had to walk that back, um, and so China continues to build these islands in the South China Sea to be very aggressive. They've they're buzzing American ships. So you know the Biden administration can't seem to say what where exactly they stand on Taiwan. Xi Jinping looks at. What is happening in Ukraine, and I think they're trying to decide, you know, calculate now that he has this third term, you know, what what is the measure of of the our will versus you know risk reward of taking over Taiwan? They did it to Hong Kong, uh, you know, what's next? And, and I think that's an open question.
1: Yeah, I think also the the issue um, related to technology between the US and China as well. I think that China has always depended on the US uh, for chip technology, you know, we've seen that be an issue. And now we've got a new rule that basically says that um, Americans can't work towards uh, Chinese chip development. Right. And you've got a lot of Americans as CEOs of companies that were trained in Silicon Valley sure. moved over there to work. So I think that it's going to be interesting to watch not only what's going on um, internationally, but our relationship with China over the next right. few years from a technology perspective.
0: I certainly think China feels as though it has the upper hand. Mm-hmm. We'll see how mm-hmm. this plays out. Yeah. Um, moving on uh, beyond China, um, the bringing it back to the state of Florida, uh, kind of a surprising choice for the U, new president of the University of Florida, Ben Sasse, uh, senator of Nebraska, coming to be uh, the president of the University of Florida. He was a president of a small college previous to being a U.S. senator. Your thoughts on uh, Ben Sass becoming the US, UF president?
1: I, I mean, I... I like Ben Sass. I think it's funny when you see. Uh, I'm a big Office fan, and he always gets compared to Jim from the Office. So right. he seems like a great guy. I think I know kind of the reasoning behind UF's uh, decision to to recommend him. I think tell that, it
0: to the listeners. What's your thoughts on the on the reasons behind it?
1: I, Fundraising. I mean, All I right. think that he could be a really great uh, fundraising opportunity for UF, mm-hmm. um, and then. But I also, like you said, he's been involved in academia before, and so he also seems like a good fit um, for that reason as well.
0: Yeah, it's a top five public university in the country. They're not going anywhere there, so maybe they move to six, seven, eight. Just depends on the year. They're not going to drop out of the top ten, mm-hmm. but part of that. Uh, is the ability to raise money yeah. uh, to get grants for uh, professors to do those kinds of things, and there is a model in the state of Florida already for a politician becoming a successful president, and that is John Thrasher at Florida State University. Mm-hmm. When when he uh, was put forth as the leader of Florida State University, the the whole uh, the professor union, the the left-wing student union, all these people went crazy, uh, and, and Thrasher came on board, he went on a listening tour, he's wonderful with people, turned out to be an outstanding president, moved FSU into the top, one of the top 20 public universities in the country, and even those on the left who saw him as some sort of conservative, you know, uh, uh, um, when he left, he was lauded for all the work that he did. So there yeah. is a, a model there. And if Ben Sass can follow the model of John Thrasher, UF, I would say, is going to be very, very pleased.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. So moving on a little bit, um, we've talked in a previous episode about Hurricane Ian, mm-hmm. um, all the devastation and destruction uh, that came along with that. But I think it's interesting to see... Um, a new Wall Street Journal piece has basically said, I think the title was business as usual of the piece because they went and they interviewed some real estate agents from Coldwell Banker and a few others um, that said they haven't had anyone reach out who wants to stop the home search. It is business as usual and demand remains strong. That's amazing. From not only locals, but out-of-staters um, and 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 that's for the Naples area and then other areas that were in the path of the storm. I mean, you look at those pictures. Yeah.
0: How can the demand be? I mean, that's amazing. People are buying dirt. I guess. Right. Right. That's that is an amazing thought. I mean, why why do you? I have thoughts on why I think that is. Why do you think it is?
1: I don't know exactly why. I mean, other than the fact that everybody wants to to move to Florida, Florida, and I think that people understand that um it is a natural disaster that this is something that happens every few years and it could happen to anyone that lives in florida it's happened to us up in tallahassee and the panhandle in 2018 with michael and so i think that people still have the desire to move to florida for economic reasons and the wonderful weather um yeah, that's probably the number one, but I think you do still have some people, like I've talked to some people that are out of state and they, the hurricanes are still a reason, probably the one reason right. that are holding people back from moving to Florida. And they've said, yeah, we toyed with the idea of moving to Florida versus Texas. And we chose Texas because of the hurricanes, even though Texas does get them sometimes right. too. But um, yeah, I think people still want to move down here and they're still going to be a demand for that. Obviously, it's yeah. going to be in the form of new construction.
0: It's amazing, the demand. And I think that will continue with new construction, mm-hmm. with this federal money flooding in, with um, people still wanting to move here. I think you're going to see Florida's economy, economy over the next two, three, and four years just be red hot, mm-hmm. really. So you know, we've, we've had this conversation a thousand times on this podcast, but we have got to get the property insurance market fixed, and it has to be done yesterday. It has to be done, you know, uh, in this session, because that is the one thing. That and, you know, the trial bar, trial lawyers are the mm-hmm. two things in the state of Florida that could derail, you know, the, the, the greatness of living in the Sunshine State.
1: Yeah, I think another reason, too, that there's still a demand, I mean... Looking at the leadership and the way that things have been handled right. with this hurricane, too, I think is a reason why people still see it. Um, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And I loved DeSantis at a, a press conference the other day where somebody stood up and said, Hey, we're still having Wi Fi issues. We still can't get internet. And rather than DeSantis saying, Hey, we're going to look into that for you. We'll get back in touch with you. He on the spot looked at somebody and said, "Can we get a Starlink set up for these folks from you know Elon Musk and set right. that up so that these people can get internet?" And he made it happen. And so I think that people see that that he's taking care he's doer. of things, and he's mm-hmm. not just um, you know saying, "We'll get back to you. We'll we'll deal with that later."
0: Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, The James Madison Institute published our amendment guide. There are only three amendments. Mm -hmm. We published it in English and Spanish. The demand has been uh, terrific. Not, you know, in years past we had 8 or 12. It was obviously a a bigger deal. But we are moving into the Spanish market with that form of publishing. Um, But, you know, there are thoughts on the amendment guide. What are you hearing around the state?
1: Yeah, I think as we get closer to the election, I've been chatting with people about just being careful about what they read in the media as right. we should always be. That right. uh, should always be our attitude. Okay. But I've seen a few different editorial boards taking stances on amendments, telling people to vote a certain way based on information that may or may not be correct. And so um, one, I won't won't name the source, but um, there was a, an article that they wrote that said that Related to Amendment 1, which Amendment 1 basically makes it, uh, in layman's terms, if you build a seawall or you do something to your house that prevents um, flooding, you cannot be taxed on that home improvement. It can't be uh, added on to the valuation of your house. And so you've got people out there saying that this amendment would basically um, uh, allow it to where uh, if you tear down your entire house. It could conceivably make it to where you could replace your old home with a more expensive one on stilts, helping out um, the flood issue, and then claim that the entire additional value is exempt. And that's just not the case. If you tear down a structure, you're entitled to an entirely new assessment, um, and you you would get a new valuation prior to getting that property insured. And so that's just one example, I think, that um, where people are saying that this amendment would do this, and that's just not the case. So I would encourage people, go on our website, right. find the amendment guide. It basically takes the exact ballot language, Breaks it down into if you vote yes, this is what you're voting for. If you vote no, this is what you're voting for. And if you have any questions, call us up and we would. We've had a lot of people call us and like right. just chatted with them through the amendments. We've had people calling saying on Amendment Three about uh, different homestead exemptions. If right. you're uh, if you're a first responder or a teacher, all that they've asked. You know, well, does that apply to retired people sure. in those professions? So you know. We're happy to talk through different what-if scenarios. Right. and um, But, yeah, just make sure that you do your research right. before you go to uh, your voting precinct and you fill out your ballot.
0: Right. The best research is at jamesmadison.org. Grab our amendment guide. Um, the crazy, Some crazy things going on. Obviously, we'll talk about sports here in just a minute. But uh, I don't know if you saw the climate activists. Uh, two fossil fuel protesters, I'll put that in air quotes, through uh, tomato soup at a Vincent van Gogh uh, painting. It was the Sunflowers painting. Uh, and then they glued themselves to the wall in London's National Gallery. So um, I'm not setting aside for a moment the fact that green climate, I mean, all of that stuff, you know, I, I'm a believer in, in climate change. I'm not a believer in man-made climate change. It's, it's a ruse. It's a move by the socialist left to, to take over a lot of different things. Uh, have you ever considered that kind of protest? Well, no, uh, when I'm not you a were belie- Growing up? No,
1: and I'm not a believer that these things actually produce any kind of. Uh, effect on policy. And so, yeah, I think that their idea behind why they did this is the UK government has came, they've come out and said that they are looking at um, licensing for oil and gas exploration in the North Sea. And so people are upset. I know there's something similar that happened in Scotland. uh,
0: Scotland, they they had some climate activists pull out all of the jugs of milk out of the freezer. So when you go to the grocery store and you're looking for 1%, you're looking for skim, they pulled all of them out, they opened the tops, and they poured them all over the floor. Not sure how that relates to climate, maybe cows, I don't know how, you know, how that works, but um, they poured, they did that in Scotland and then sat down on the floor and blocked the freezer. So, you know. Yeah,
1: I I don't know what happened to the good old-fashioned just... Picking up a sign at the Dollar General and and writing on it, and then going to (laughs) organizing a rally or whatever it is and protesting that. I don't know why people. Right, I don't know why people are having to glue themselves to a a national museum or spilling milk in the grocery store to get their message across.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be very effective. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving on to sports, (laughs) I can't believe it, but the NBA starts. has started as we are taping this major league playoffs are going all the you know tampa bay lost you know a lot of floridians grew up with the braves because um you know there were no marlins or rays before the braves are out uh but the really interesting discussion about major league baseball is that the 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 people that have spent the most money the dodgers and and um the Braves and some of the, they they lost and they're out. So really the big market, big money team, the only one that's left is the Yankees. Then -hmm. you have, you know, the Astros and you have the Padres and you have some of these, you know, markets that are, I wouldn't say the Astros are smaller, but certainly the Phillies and people like that, that, you know, the big bad Yankees and Dodgers are out. And so I think it's more intriguing, more fun. Some people don't, but uh, we'll have to see how that you know, how the. Yeah, I think this out.
1: is where you probably miss Sal being on here to talk about professional sports because right. it's a little out of my. Uh, you know, I only know that the NBA playoffs are happening because I saw it online. I have no idea when the NBA plays. I know there's some uh, commotion about a French player that's like seven foot four that everybody wants. And right. so I did read that um, just because that's crazy. On football, um, did
0: you notice that Brady? Uh, blessed out his entire offensive line for not protecting him well enough. Did you see any of that? No. Bucks are struggling. <laughs> They're three and three. Okay. Dolphins without Tua are are struggling more mm-hmm. so than they were. The Jags have actually had a pretty good season. They're two and four. Yeah. I think they won two games all of last year, maybe three. So. Yeah.
1: You know. Well, I can't talk about professional sports, but I can talk about college football, yeah. because even though I don't really want to as an FSU fan, just because I really thought we were going to at least win one out of those three, right. uh, going 0-3 in the last three games was not fun. Um, but yeah, we, we the Florida schools that won last mm-hmm. week, UCF, Miami, and then your FSU, UF, uh, and USF, all lost. Um, And so...
0: UCF's having the best year of everybody this year. The rest of the state is really struggling.
1: Yeah, I'm really... The only thing that I'm looking forward to about the expanded playoff is to see UCF finally... Uh, have to play some big opponents <laughs> and uh, and and stop saying that they're national champions. Right. Um, and I, I hate that when you're when you you know, we beat this team and this team beat this team, right. which means we beat that that's team. Not the way no, it works. every Saturday matters. Right. Going into every game. That's why I love uh, football. I mean, that's why I love Thanksgiving weekend right. because of those rivalries. Me too. And yeah. um, you know, it looks like it's going to be like a six and six Florida versus a six and six mm-hmm. FSU, but. Every rivalry is different. Every game matters. So you don't get to say that because we beat this team and this team beat this team, it means we beat that team. And so we're national champions. Nobody except
0: a UCF fan actually believes that they won a national championship. Real quick, one more thing on college football. Tennessee beat the University of Alabama, Mm -hmm. the most watched football game by over 2 million viewers this year. Uh, It's the first time in 15 years. They posted a picture of... Bryce Young. So Bryce Young is 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So the last time Tennessee beat Alabama, he was five. And they posted his school picture at the age of five. I mean, you think about, you know, where you were 15 years ago. We have employees here who were Mm -hmm. in, you know, middle school or elementary school. It's been 15 years. And that, that was a great, great game.
1: It was. I struggled with it a little bit. Like, I'm so excited for Tennessee, but at the same time, I feel like Alabama has a target on their back. Sure, they do. Everybody wants to see Alabama lose, but I don't think what I think what people don't understand is that we will not see this in a really long time. To see a powerhouse like Alabama right. have so much talent, so many national champions, and I don't think we're going to see that for a really long time. And so I was a little bummed for Alabama and Bryce Young, but super excited for Tennessee as yeah. well. That's yeah. great. Okay, I wanna play a game really
0: quick. Okay. All right, we're playing a <laughs> we, game.
1: We played this when we uh during March Madness, okay. where we threw out a football team Ooh, okay. or a basketball team in this uh in that situation and you had to name the city. And oh, so speaking
0: of March Madness, we have a, a staff pool every year and you've won it how many times?
1: I have won it like two or three times. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we have a staff wide March Madness pool and Logan has won it. She's the only one to win it more than once. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. all right, OK.
1: Maybe we need to do a pick em for football, Right, too, and I, exactly. I can win that as yeah. well. But OK, so I picked like four or five teams in the top 25. And I'm going to name the school. And you have mm. to name the city. OK, all it's right? a lot of
0: pressure. OK. okay.
1: We're going to start out with an easy one, University of Southern California.
0: Uh, University of Southern California is in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, yep. yes. good job. All right, where is NC State? So NC many state schools. Is state in is in Raleigh, North yeah. Carolina. Okay. Tell me where Mississippi state is.
0: Starkville. Okay. Starkville, Mississippi. All
1: right. Uh Kansas state.
0: Kansas state is Is it Manhattan? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, you are Okay. Four and all right. All right. All right. Wildcats. Here we go
1: last one. Oklahoma state. Stillwater. 5 and 5. 5 good for, for you. 5. Yes. Man, I should have yes. picked harder ones. Yeah. good job. Yeah, you should have picked,
0: like, you know, Akron. Well, not Akron. Because well, picking... yeah, yeah, right. That was a bad example. I was
1: picking teams in the sure. top 25. Yeah. And I do think that football teams are a little easier than basketball teams. Because yes. you've got, like, Gonzaga. Like, nobody right. knows where. Right. Or, you know, Purdue. Right. Um, but good job. Thank good you. Good job. All right.
0: So, so, it's chilly outside here. It's mm-hmm. windy. It's blustery. So, obviously, fall is here. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, 50 degrees outside, which in Tallahassee in October is really, really cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, wind chills probably well below that. Uh, Fall traditions. Do you have any fall traditions that you guys do with your family?
1: Yeah, we've got this. Um, if you are not in the Big Bend area, you have no idea where this is. But in Monticello, there's a cute little farm uh, called Aunt Louise's Farm. And it's got a bunch of animals and a big pumpkin patch and like a corn maze. And so we bring our kids to that every year. And it, um, they have this little wall with this ruler. And it says like, how tall are you this right. fall? And so we measure them. And so it's fun to see yeah. how much they grow. Um, but, but I think before I went to, or before I had kids, I saw people with kids at the pumpkin patch and all this. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. And now that I have kids and I look, I'm like, that's a lot of work. So yeah, if, if you leave the pumpkin patch right. and you're not upset at your spouse or one of your kids for acting out, or you're not mad mm-hmm. because you spent $50 on two pumpkins that you could have bought for four ninety nine at Walmart and you're hot and sweaty, then right. you didn't go to a pumpkin patch right. with your kids. So uh, yeah, it's a fall tradition uh, that we do. And uh, yeah, by the time on the way home, we're kind of just like, why well, do we do this every year? Right. <laughs> but, but we do enjoy the pictures and we get to see how much they've grown since the last fall.
0: We did something similar. Obviously, mine are now grown, 26 and 23. But when they were younger, there was a pumpkin patch at a local church mm-hmm. with mazes and you know tiny little pumpkins and large pumpkins and all kinds of things and we used to do that with them and you'd come home with like two large pumpkins and probably you know 10 tiny little silver dollar size pumpkins and you'd put them all over the house and you'd carve them out and put candles in them and so Mm -hmm. we you know we would do all that kind of stuff and uh and then you know we would try to take them we would do these little you know, again, if you're not from North Florida, you don't really understand this, but you would take these little trips out from Tallahassee. So yeah. you'd go to Monticello, you'd go to Apalachicola, you'd go to, you know, uh, Thomasville, which is in South Georgia it, here, and you would do all these different, you know, fall festivals and mm-hmm. things and just kind of keep the kids going so mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that we did yeah with ours. and you're
1: past the trick-or-treating days but now we've got trick-or-treating to look forward to and how's your finally... neighborhood do you have a neighborhood do you yeah get our neighborhood is the neighborhood for trick-or-treating wow. they yeah. feels like they bust them in yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we run out of candy every year ours but is like that too. we finally got our kids i think they picked a costume, but on Sunday we went to church and my son looked at one of his friends and he said, I'm going to be Superman for Halloween and I have got a Triceratops costume hanging in his closet. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I feel like this always happens where they end up right. changing oh, yeah, their yeah. minds oh, about yeah. what they mm-hmm. want to be for Halloween and it, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. It's all and, about it's all about the memories and the pictures. So you'll
0: have Superman, and then
1: no, he's going to be Triceratops. Okay. I already bought that costume. Who's, what? What is Luke uh, will be Luke. a T Rex. Okay. He's going to be a Triceratops, and I think Carl and I are going to dress up like Jurassic Park yeah. uh, guides, and we're yeah. going to be the the dinosaur people. Good, it will be fun. Good.
0: All right. Well, this is my favorite time of year. I love Me the too. fall. I love to move into Thanksgiving, move into Christmas, and New Year. So really excited to to uh, to move into this this wonderful time of the year. Yeah. So, Thanks for joining us today, Logan. Glad thanks. you were here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. We'll have Sal back here uh, next time on Spill the Tea. And uh, thank you for joining us for another edition. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.